HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, this is Katie Kiefer from What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights, and you're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, hey, you're listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. It's a good day today because we are talking with two editors of uh, an awesome magazine. You may have heard of it. It's called Lucky Peach. But you may not have known that it is also the uh, cookbook series. Um, the, uh, Lucky Peach is now launching, and uh, their first book in the series is called The Worst of Lucky Peach, They've also authored uh, another cookbook that was the first cookbook from Lucky Peach, but we'll, we'll get into a little bit about the, the different series, um, but it's called 101, 101 Easy Asian Recipes. Um, so basically, I have a couple of brilliant editors on the line. They're in San Fran, and it is co-founder and editor-in-chief Chris Yang. Hi. Hello. Hello. And we also have editor Rachel Kong, awesome, brilliant chick. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, how's the sound over there? Is it a cook? okay for you guys? Sorry. Yeah, great. Sounds okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I was just joshing them before about how it only mattered if I could if I could hear them, but uh, I just want to make sure that you could also hear each other. That's also good. Um, <laughs> so um, okay. So congrats on the worst of Lucky Peach. But before we get into sort of the nitty gritty about the sausage lore that you have compiled here with this volume, um, let's talk a little bit about. Lucky Peach as a whole, and what you're trying to do with these cookbooks. Um, whose idea was this, by the way, this cookbook series? Um, I think that from the very beginning, since since Peter and, and Dave Chang and myself, Peter Meehan, and uh, had started talking about Lucky Peach as a thing, cookbooks have been on our radar, and mm. um, the, uh, the 101 Easy Asian Recipes book was... Um, a joke that Peter and Dave were talking about long before Lucky Peach was a magazine. They, wow. they thought well, they would make this cookbook, cookbook called 101 Easy Asian Recipes, and it would be just completely full of really difficult, uh, impossible to recreate recipes, uh, just sort of lampooning that idea of, you know, home cookbooks. Uh, fast forward five years, and we realized that it's not really a joke that people have to actually cook at home. <laughs> and that we had published enough sort of impossible recipes in the magazine. So um, 
yeah, the cookbooks are sort of our our, our way of kind of. Uh, growing up a little bit and helping people put food on the table. That's hilarious about how it started. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued that you guys have always been talking about cookbooks because, you know, Lucky Peach has been such a great success. You guys have been nominated for so many James Beard Awards, even up to this year. Um, you guys are doing gangbusters and, and kind of proving uh, a format that was once thought to be, like, sort of impossible, the, the whole quarterly print magazine, shall we say, um, you know, going against the odds and, and uh, making massive uh, success with that and reaching a lot of people. So uh, so cookbooks have always been on the map then. Yeah. Um, I think that we, we, we all sort of share the same affection for the printed word and, and these, these objects. And Rachel and I both um, put our time in at McSweeney's where, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing more cherished than uh, publications that not that many people necessarily want. So that's in our blood. That's pretty fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, you guys seem to have a really, um, I guess, subversive view on and different. Well, maybe not subversive always, but just, let's say, different, um, unconventional take on um, uh, a lot of the kind of conventions of food writing. Um, you know, things are... I guess I don't know. How would you describe the attitude of Lucky Peach? Maybe I'm doing. Maybe I'm like butchering it. Let's hear well, it from you guys. Yeah, I think that um, attitude is kind of a word that comes up a lot. It's mm-hmm. more just that we. I don't think we're reacting to anything really. We're just sort of following our interests in terms of, you know, like what we like to read, what kind of recipes we like to cook, and um, we just like to be, you know, both entertained and. Mm-hmm. Um, just to learn something, you know, when we're reading any kind of book, including mm-hmm. cookbooks. And so that's sort of, that's where we're coming from. I don't know if it's an attitude. Maybe it is. <laughs> Rachel's got a real bad attitude. I have a really <laughs> horrible attitude. I'm like always screaming in the office and like she wrote her throwing stuff. Straight into the office I can just see yeah. it. Yeah. Those, those offices must be nuts. Yeah. Um, no, but it's fun to see that kind of carry into the choices you make with the cookbooks, um, with the you know easy Asian recipes, for example. Um, and uh, in the first book in the series, uh, you know, it's not like a sausage encyclopedia. It's called the worst of Lucky Peach. But uh, it sounds like uh, Chris, this was your this was your idea to to do worst. Um, yeah, so when, when we first started talking about the book series as a group, you know, we, we had, like, the River Cottage series and the Time Life books in our heads, um, mm-hmm. and we knew we kind of wanted to do a few of these, uh, a series of these books that would, that would be, you know, a little bit hyper-focused, but also done in our, our sort of idiosyncratic way where it's focused, but, you know, we're kind of bouncing around to whatever interests us. So that was, that was what these books were going to be, and we, we had to decide what the first subject w- would take on, the first book would take on, and um, that pun, the, the worst, or the worst of worst. Like, just really sealed the deal, you know, like I think that coming out the gate, uh, a book about sausages might seem a little bit hyper-specific, uh, you know, we're not like a sausage trade magazine, but um, <laughs> that pun really, I don't know. We it, might be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, we really tapped into like a real sausage underground, I think, here. <laughs> Um, but it's not all German sausages or versts. It's a it's a fun little global uh, map of sausages. Or how would you describe it like that? Because you have um, what what did you describe it as? The sausage quest. Um, mm-hmm. 
you say the bulk of this ex- book's ex- exploration comes in the form of a curated atlas we call the Sausage Quest. It's divided into six geographic regions um, from which a selected group of sausages with no rhyme or reason other than they tickled our fancy. Um, yeah, that's basically the deal. We, uh, yeah, the book is basically split in half between... Um, uh, this this sausage quests, which which we've gathered writers from all around the world to talk about their local tube steaks, um, and you know, like I said in the introduction, there's not really it's not a comprehensive book. It's mm-hmm. not every sausage under the sun. It's the ones that were interesting. Well, how could you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there are so many sausages. Really, any any culture that I'd like to see heard. somebody attempt to do that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right, it would not be me. And um, and the other half of the book is, you know, these long-form essays and um, fun little rants and then recipes. Mm-hmm. It is, it is a curated, let's say, collection of sausages. Um, and they're all really fun. I mean, I, I think that the, this book, more, than, more so than anything, rather than like some scholarly academic encyclopedia, um, is just full of, you know, joy and just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's what we're trying to do for sure. Joy is exactly right, and, and that's the approach we really take with everything mm-hmm. is, is this sort of sense of informed wonderment. We've, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're like wide-eyed, but we, we know a few things. Yeah, and I think, you know, we sort of know our limitations, too. Like, we know that we're not going to be that super... OCD type A, like every sausage in the world, you will not be able to find fault with this book. Like I think that we're more you're about. Gonna, you're um, not going to be mad if I bring up a type of sausage that you don't know about. And oh and, my god, uh, Chris doesn't want to hear about it. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> What's the sausage? Um, oh, um, big little. Oh, wait, big sausage eats little sausage in Taiwan. It's like a rice, sticky oh, rice my stuff. My friend, that is, yeah. that is in the book in a big way. Sweet. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. We were about to send it back. <laughs> Pull the copies off the shelf. Oh. That's a, that's an amazing sausage though, where it's just like a full grammatical sentence is the name of the sausage. One big sticky rice sausage enveloping its mm-hmm. little partner. I'm so glad. Okay. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of sausages in here. I can't eat them all um, or make all the <laughs> recipes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no, but um, I love that you bring up the Time Life cookbook series because, um, you know, like you mentioned, you know, you're not taking yourselves too seriously, but those were very, really cool. And um, it, so basically, if we can, because I, I have a few, you know, I like to collect old cookbooks, but basically those were a series um, from the same publisher. So it had like some sort of formatting that were similar and they had a cohesive feel to it. Um, that delved into different cuisines of the world. Um, it, there's something to be said for that. I, I see like more folks doing that. I see Fade On doing that a little bit with their global cookbooks. Um, and do you think that that's sort of making a comeback? Do you see that that there's a real need for that today? Um, I don't. <laughs> I'm not an expert on what uh, <laughs> people need, as anyone who has seen the my body of work wouldn't know. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, I think that those, those, those fight and fade on books are, are, are really comprehensive and, and, um, interesting. I think it's a little bit of a different purpose, you know, like, um, all of those time life books were not super thick and, and not really comprehensive. They were like the cuisine of Italy as we know it right now, yeah. you know, like as far as what our editors know. 
Um, but it was trying. And, it was earnest, though. Yeah, it was earnest. It was definitely yeah. earnest, and it reflected, you know, the knowledge of the time and, and what people knew from in a less traveled world, a less sort of, you know, pre-internet world. But, um, you know, what really drew me, at least, is, um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I had a set of encyclopedias, and, and books came in these big sets, and you could any topic you wanted to, to cover or learn about, you could pull a book off of the shelf and you knew, you know, you had a book about that. So mm-hmm. um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a cool thing t- to, to me um, to have these, these references that came in multiple, multiple volumes, and, and um, that's what really yeah. the idea. It's a fun collection. And, and um, so maybe, like, it's interesting, though, you mentioned, like, in retrospect, looking back at those series, it's kind of, you know... It, it's it's uh, maybe a little narrow in scope, but um, yeah. I think it's not necessarily narrow. I mean, it's just it's very of a time, and I feel mm-hmm. like to think that you're making something that is not of your time is kind of insane. And so, you know, that's what we're doing too. Like, not that we're trying to say like this is sausage. These are sausages right now in the world, but we sort of are as well. You know, mm-hmm. just like this is. This is, like, what we know at the moment. Um, Chris came up with the subtitle for the egg book, which is, so it's called All About Eggs, and the subtitle is Everything We Know About the World's Most Important Food. <laughs> so, like, everything we know is not everything. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, so okay, so that's the next one in the series. It's eggs. Is that yeah. the topic? Cool. I'm so excited and for that book. And if you buy both books, you can line them up on the shelf, and um, there will be a little egg that lines up with Chris's little sausage <laughs> on his spine. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fun. Um, cool. Um, so when is that one coming out? I'm so excited for that one. I really um, can't wait to... Uh, I think I contributed a couple Yeah, recipes. Kathy is also a contributor. Uh, disclosure. I can't remember um, I... Oh, that's the coming oyster out one. in okay. spring 2017, so about a year from now. All Cool. What can you spill? What are the next uh, Lucky Peach Cookbook topics? Or do you know? Uh, so the ne- the very next book will be not part of this exact series, but will be sort of um, a cousin of 101 Easy Asian Recipes, and it will be called Power Vegetables. Uh, <laughs> wow! At the end, um, maybe I didn't say that powerfully enough. Power Vegetables. Uh, <laughs> and that's Power Vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> That Peter will be uh, spearheading. So all vegetarian recipes, all vegetable recipes, all ways of um, making vegetables more powerful or demonstrating their power. Yep. And their power in, like, you know, maybe even replacing meat in your diet. Yep. That's so exciting. And I'm laughing, not, not like, so much at, um, I don't know, the concept, but it's because I do see, like, so many cookbooks come out with that theme so i love that you're kind of like doing your own take on it that should be really fun um let's talk more about the worst of lucky peach but uh we're going to cut to a quick little commercial interlude and be right back
All right, we're back chatting more with Chris Ying and Rachel Kong, editors of Lucky Peach. And um, they have a new cookbook out called The Worst of Lucky Peach, subtitled A Treasury of Encased Meat. So congrats, guys. Um, Let's talk about sausage for a second, because I feel like it's gotten a bad rap. And it's hard to even, like, just say the words without, like, coming coming up with, like, or all these jokes coming to mind and uh, euphemisms, let's say, for sausage-based humor, um, sausage party so forth you know um maybe that's part of it but i also think that you know just in terms of what's on the typical american uh dinner and and you know glossy food magazine recipes we're not seeing as much sausage maybe as as in uh other days and it tends to be a lot of let's say you know boneless chicken breast so do do you think there's a little revival are you trying to revive popularity in sausage or uh, well, I mean, you know, the the jokes are part of the draw for us. Um, we really lean into that sausage humor as much as possible. I don't think, um, you know, we're not we're not scared of its uh, resemblance to other things. Um, but no, I mean, the thing is, like, once I, I I thought the same thing as you. I sort of thought, okay, well, like sausage is a pretty narrow. It's a little bit of a weird <laughs> thing to dive deep on. Um, and then we started doing the book, and I just realized that sausage is really everywhere. It's so pervasive in American food culture. Everywhere you go, there's sausage. Um, and, and, you know, there's all sorts of sort of connotations tied to it. But the fact of the matter is Americans love sausages and hot dogs. Yeah. And, you know, just along the lines of making a book because we love making jokes about it and puns, you know, sometimes we come up with a headline and then are like, let's figure out an article to go with this absurd headline. Just kidding, we don't do that. We definitely do that. This is a manifesto for a new generation of sausage eating. I get it. Okay, so, um, (laughs) no, um, but this is like, I I love that, um, you know, you describe that it's it's universal. You know, you really show that everybody from around the world has been making sausage because it's practical. Um, And delicious. And delicious and various. Um, You know, do you think that in this book, I mean, you have to have casing? Is that your part of your definition, like a natural animal intestine casing? Do you think that's the definition of a sausage? Uh, no. Part um, of it? So for this book, we, we stuck to fresh sausages. That was our sort of uh, only boundary. Um, we didn't dig into salumi and charcuterie. We think mm. that would be too big of a world to That's try to... That's another world, yeah. Yeah, so... But, uh, no, like fresh sausages, basically ones that... Um, require refrigeration that are made with fresh meat um and we we cheated a little bit here and there but uh no casings are definitely not a part of it really you know? um no there's uh you know robert sietzma talks about this sausage called savapi which is a caseless sausage and then um you know chorizo is largely bought in bulk and that's a, a big sausage that lots of us um know about so what so, makes it sausage uh, then? I mean, what makes meatloaf not sausage? Like, what what is the what is the definition or unifying thing about sausage that makes it sausage? The fresh ones. Uh, well, so like the, I guess the most primal definition of sausage, uh, or the name sausage, has to do with salt. Mm. Uh, so so meat that's being kind of the life is being extended a little bit through with salt. Uh, you know, and so that can basically range from anything where you're you're kind of salting the meat um, and seasoning it. 
um, just like the sort of leftover off bits uh, and making it last for a couple of extra days to, you know, salumi and charcuterie, which you're salting and hanging and, and preserving for years and years. So um, that's the basic uh, idea of sausage. Gotcha. All right. So, so in this book, you travel around to Europe, Africa, Asia, Australia, North America, South America on your sausage quests. Did you find, um, were you like, did you have this like, I don't know, did you start looking around the globe and trying to get a sausage everywhere? Or like, did you, I'm curious, where do they not eat sausages? Like, is there any place that you know of that just doesn't have it in their culture or had it? <laughs> um, they're, they're not huge in Antarctica, I guess. <laughs> um, no, I, I, sausages are, are basically everywhere. Uh, because they're the, most sausages are sort of pork-based, you find them a little bit less in uh, Muslim countries, um, but that's not even entirely true. No, you can have uh, lamb sausage, yeah. Yeah, you have lamb sausages and, and beef sausages. Um, but, uh, no, I, I guess at the end of the day, um, we didn't find that many sausages in Australia. Oh, uh, weird. Not like not endemic sausages in Australia. <laughs> you know, just, uh, I think they like sausages fine. I mean, I've, I've eaten a lot of sausages in Australia, but there's no, there's only so many sort of uh, aus- sausages of Australian origin. Uh, We're gonna get an angry native <laughs> Australian sausage maker. They don't even get that angry. They're so nice. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, okay, what is what is both of you guys' favorite sausage right now? <laughs> Whoa. Rachel loves the Danger Dog. I was just I looking do at love that. the Danger Dog. That's like the bacon wrapped hot dog that you find. Um, you find it in San Francisco. I think also L.A. a little bit, and then um, it's you know from from Tijuana, Tijuana. <laughs> or something. Um, but it's a it's like a, a hot dog that you get with like sweet peppers and onions and like cooked to death, really caramelized, and you eat it when you're mm. um, three sheets to the wind or maybe and the five. Dan- the, <laughs> the danger comes from both the position that you're in when you're eating it. Also, yeah. the fact that they're usually cooked under less than uh, stellar hygienic circumstances. <laughs> yeah, on the street. But, you know, that's not important in the moment. <laughs> this is a new one for me. It's ketchup, mustard, mayo, sometimes Thousand Island dressing, and uh, it, yeah, and all that bacon and all that kind of it sounds like a really messy dog, too. Not as messy as you are in the moment. <laughs> okay, I can imagine. Um, what about you, Chris? Um, you know, so I guess right now my sausage of choice, I, uh, during the course of this book I did, I did sort of this lap through um, Bangkok and uh, through Singapore kind of on the sausage trail and in in Bangkok and throughout Thailand they have these sort of Isan sausages which maybe people know from eating at Thai restaurants but they're these little you know sort of crimson orbs and you'll see them hanging in these kind of strings of pearls all over the the street side Mm. uh, drying and curing and they're like a little bit sour from fermentation and you know you get them grilled and you sort of pierce them with the pointy end of a Thai bird chili and then wrap it up with some herbs and a little piece of ginger and peanut, and uh, it's uh, a pretty remarkable thing. So the nice thing about this whole book is that like, I really, I really, really like sausages to begin with, so mm-hmm. it's, not, uh, it's not a thing that we're sort of 
just forcing ourselves to study. Like, I, I will really <laughs> eat sausages in, in whenever they're on the menu. I, I, I mean, each of our, um, you know, magazines has a single theme, and so this was a way to even get mm-hmm. get more specific with things that we love. I love that you guys included, like, notes from your little European trip here that you took around. Um, in Germany, you know, there's quotes from all you guys trying stuff. Who has... What have you guys got against Vice First? Somebody says... <laughs> I have nothing against uh, Vice First. Okay. I am a, I'm a fan of Vice First. Who, who uh, is this WC uh, that said, it looks like white cat poop? <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, that's our founding art director, Walter Green. So that trip we took was pretty funny. It was, you know, I, I, I knew that I wanted to go through... Uh, Austria and Germany and, uh, you know, the Alsace region of France to kind of look at sausages. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to go with uh, a couple of different people, so I brought this guy, um, this writer, Gideon Lewis Krauss, who, you know, has quite a bit of experience um, living and working in Germany. He did a Fulbright scholarship in Berlin, and then I wanted to kind of counter his presence with um, Walter, who was at the time, I think, 24 and had never been to Europe before and uh, <laughs> kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So, uh, yeah, we went and had some vice first, and <laughs> neither of them really liked it. Really? And Walter thought it looked like white cat poop. So, uh, you know, we got a real mixed bag in this book. Which I don't feel isn't accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those luxury sausages, though, right? I mean, you have to... Isn't there something about, like, you have to only have it in the morning because it's so fresh that it, like, will go bad otherwise? Yeah, and, there's, like, a tradition yeah. of eating it for the noon right. church bell strike because... But that was sort of more of a, uh, you know, a relic of a time when you had to be, like, a little bit... There was no refrigeration mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the morning. And then the, the current tradition is still to serve them in this, you know, terrine of their own... Broth. ...poaching water, sort yeah. of lukewarm... And uh, they still eat them in the mornings. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, it's confusing a little bit to me because it's sort of like, why don't you just heat them up more? And then they won't be <laughs> But I don't know. It seems like that's just the way they like it. That is the way. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that they're so white and then there's no, there's no browning on them, unlike other sausages. So it does look kind of really, it stands out. Like a, no, and they're like they're they're. You're not supposed to eat the casing. Most people sort of yes, peel the casing that's off. Right. There's also like a way of eating them called I think uh, zuzelning, <laughs> which you kind of clip the ends off, sort of like a you clip the end off like a cigar, and then you, yeah. you suck the sausage meat <laughs> out of it, which we thought was just like a. Uh, we had an intern sort of set us up with this research document ahead of time, and we thought maybe he was just sort of uh, having a laugh at our expense, but it seems to be real actually. <laughs> Um, I, I love that, you know, you, if I were like going to, you know, imagine a sausage book written by anyone else, I probably wouldn't put Coney Island Dirty Water Dog in it. Um, but you have that. Um, oh no, you have a Coney Island dog and then the Dirty Water Dog and then we have the Chicago Dog. You know, this is not just your merguez and your fancy andouille and, you know, whatever, whatever. So... Um, no, those are for sure. Those are those are the dirty water dog has value. Um, <laughs> Peter Meehan, who are our, uh, one of our editors, uh, wrote sort of this screed against the dirty water dog, saying um, that it was gross and not worth your time. Um, and then we got a letter from I think like a six-year-old reader of the magazine mm-hmm. saying, you know, I, I like your magazine, but I disagree with that article, uh, which we published in. 
um, his his handwriting on a full page. So, what is what is so good about the Dirty Water Dog? Then, did, did you come around to, or I don't know if Peter, if that's just Peter's thing, or do you guys Peter like did not it come now? around on the Dirty Water okay. Dog in spite of the cuteness right. of the uh, letter to the editor. It's cold heart when when allow it. <laughs> but you guys support it. You you think it's a good thing. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Again, like I'm not, uh, I'm not super big into hot dogs held at, you know, room temperature for days at a time. Mm. Again, the vice versa issue, or not yeah, days right. at a time, but like in that water or something. Right. That's funny. Um, well, I guess it's a presence, so we have it in the book. I appreciate that. Um, so this is so much fun. Can we have any like teasers about the next? Um, I don't know, the egg book, uh, anything, um, you know, like we can look forward to seeing? Will it be um, similar, like In terms global? of the egg book, it's, well, it will be um, also in a similar format, you know, not a quest, but um, part recipes and then part um, longer pieces and um, shorter infographics and sort of fun facts and mm-hmm. hopefully you know you'll learn something that you didn't know about what's the craziest most important food <laughs> so yeah I know what is I mean there's so many crazy egg dishes out there any any like teaser of like the, the grossest or craziest you can think of hopefully it's not um, my contribution <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kathy Irway turned in a disgusting omelet. Uh, no, everything is, I, you know, also like Chris, just really, I love eggs and love eating eggs, and this is sort of a way to um, squeeze in as many delicious yeah. egg recipes as possible. I just kind of, I really love everything. Um, you know, we have thousand-year eggs in there and so nice. I, I think maybe not everybody is in love with those but sure. I really love them um, I a guess. little you know like a few maybe more controversial ones are like in utero eggs so just the eggs that are already that are inside the chicken and have not come into the world yet um, whoa, that's another, whoa 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 yeah that's yeah. a, that's a tricky one. Um, okay, I, I just had this weird like vision of a what would a dirty water egg be like? And then I, anyway, so <laughs> I'm glad to hear that um, that there's some some creative ones coming up. Um, so uh, thanks guys so much. I guess that's about all the time we have for today. But um, we'll definitely be checking out uh, Lucky Peach, uh, the worst of Lucky Peach, and looking forward to the rest of the series. Um, Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Oh, I like the way you do. Whoa, the way you took it so slow. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritage radio network.org heritage radio network is a non-profit organization to donate and become a member visit our website today 
Thanks for listening. That I ain't never, 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 never had no loving like this before.